0: another edition of the three-point play podcast, boys. What's going on? Uh, All right, elephant in the room. We're going to start off with our Pacers correspondent. The news has broken. The Pacers have made their decision and nobody knows who this guy is. Luke, what do you know?
1: (laughs) So I think the pronunciation is Um. So yeah, I'm I'm with everybody else. Had never heard of the guy before, but um, uh, did a little bit of research this afternoon. Uh, you know, I got a I got a homework assignment.
0: That's right. Um, got to come with your hot I, takes. So what I do guess, you got? You know, for us? Look
1: at, looking at it now, I mean, it, it makes a lot of sense, right? Nick Nurse is like the hottest coach in the league, and apparently these guys go back to Nurse coached him at the University of South Dakota. Yeah, and uh, and then they coached. For five years together in G the G League. League. Yep. And then uh, and then yeah, he brought him on. Obviously he brought him on the staff in twenty eighteen when he took the Raptors head job. So you know. Um so so did a little research. First off, he's he's from Northwest Iowa, so off to a great
0: start there. No he's and a high character guy. Is it right? could it be more of a Luke Hoffmeyer pick for us or what? Uh, it's it was like tailored exactly for me. They knew you. They knew what you wanted.
1: Yep. Um, he started off as a mm-hmm. high school head coach, um, and then yeah, like we said, coached in the G League slash D League for a while. Um, then he jumped to the Suns in 2015. So he hasn't been in the league a lot, mm-hmm. but uh, he did coach the Suns summer league team when TJ Warren was on the roster. So he's got a little bit of background there. Right. Um. So, yeah, we're just going to assume that he was the brains behind all of Nick Nurse's bold uh, tactics, like the boxing one defense and all that stuff. And we're just going to assume he's bringing that to, to Indiana with him. So
0: I, I did say not to put our conspiracy hats on uh, too early, but I did see that Booker uh, was a big fan of his. So, you know, maybe uh, a couple years down the road when Booker ever comes becomes a free agent, he could have a little inside track there, you know, really, hey, yeah, really going one. all out uh, – uh pretty low percentage chance but hey you never know love it
2: he was uh, t- he was a g league head coach right he was head coach of one of their teams right
0: yep, yep. yeah he mentioned that yep he and he and nick nurse actually coached, coached against each other in the g league championship i saw which was interesting but so they've kind of always been uh, tied to the hip as luke mentioned their nurse was his high school basketball coach i think or something low level like that College, yeah. College. Okay. Yeah, so I do. We, so. I do
2: think that. I do think that matters. I mean, he he's been a head coach before, and even if it's in the G League, he's coached this this type of basketball before, which I do think matters. I mean, no offense to Steve Nash, but he hasn't even ever coached in the G League, let alone the NBA. Same with like Chauncey. Like, no offense to those dudes, I'm sure they'll be fine. But this guy has real experience, right? Being in the games matters. Nick Nurse is, has been able to do all this shit and try all this shit, and he's not afraid to try all this stuff because he's coached so many games. I do I do think that matters.
1: Yeah, I'm with you on that. We, we talked about that before, like you said, but that was one of the reasons I was hesitant on all the the uh, Billups speculation. I was like, uh, what, what's his coaching philosophy and what does he even bring to the table? I mean, no one really knows, and at least... You know, this guy's gone through the grind. He coached in high school. He coached in the G League. He came up through the system. So, I mean, it's, it's, it's got to be a guy who's passionate about basketball. He's a tactician, it looks like. So, do you think his uh,
0: philosophy matches what the Pacers have on their current roster?
1: So, I, I, yeah, I read another article that said, like, um, <laughs> they, they broke down film of his some of his G League teams, which. That had to have been a mind-numbing process, but uh, that's,
0: that's really digging deep. Hey, you gotta, get the, you gotta, you gotta trust and follow the process. Or you're gonna get your guy, you know.
1: But they said he uh, he was he kind of um, molded his his style of play to the personnel that he had. So that's probably a, a good thing to bring into this team, especially since you don't know exactly what the roster is gonna look like over the next year or two. So. So, yeah, I mean, in hindsight, it all makes perfect sense. I didn't even know he was a candidate for the job. But um,
0: I think you were – Yeah, probably, I'm, I'm all for it. I think you were probably amongst the the masses of, like, when they announced the name, everyone was just like, who the fuck is this, you know? And then had to, everyone had to do their research and find out, you know, read the articles and find out where the hell he actually came from, the coaching tree, philosophies, because no one uh, had ever heard the name before today, I'm sure. So – Scotty, did you get a chance to look into uh, his background at all? I, I don't know uh, if this – do you feel like it gives uh, – not to get too personal on you, but do you feel like it gives you hope as a guy who started out as a high school basketball coach who can just kind of work his way up the ranks? Do you think that's uh, that's the end goal for, for Mr. Scotty Wessel right now, or what do we think?
2: Uh, no chance. My wife uh, hates that I coach college, so okay. no. She's out, she's out on traveling and being away from her for more than a, an hour at any point during
0: the day. So what about you in the G League? Have you, have you considered or offered your services up to the Mad Ants, maybe?
2: I, I have not. I'm assuming – I don't get paid very much to do what I do now, and I'm assuming the Mad Ants pay is worse. Okay. And more hours. But uh, I, I saw the same thing that uh, you guys did in terms of philosophical, uh, adjust offense to player personnel. Um, he's been around Nick Nurse, so you know – Defensively, he's at least going to not be afraid to be creative. Um, uh, same same way with offensively. Uh, you saw you saw the Raptors had kind of two different styles from when they had Kawhi to when they had uh, Van Vliet and and Lowry. I mean, so Luke, that, that has to make you excited. I know you weren't necessarily thrilled with Nate's approach sometimes. So, I, I, yeah, absolutely. If if you wanted to change, I think this is it.
0: No, I think you got it wrong. Luke was uh, Nate McMillan's biggest fan, so he was, oh. he was really devastated when he was let go, so I think you have that all wrong. So continue. Oh, got it. it. was lost
2: in all the sarcastic comments, you know?
0: This, this is right, yeah.
1: <laughs> I was actually endearingly defending Nate.
2: Well, oh, I like it. I liked Nate. I actually did defend Nate. I don't think he was awful. This guy may be better. Who knows?
0: You just knew what he was, you know? I feel like his ceiling was, was kind of definitely met. He wasn't going to be anybody – that they, I mean, he, you knew exactly what you're going to get, and that I guess that's that's kind of was his uh, his uh, rise and his fall is that uh, his ceiling was not going to be a championship level coach, and you get to the playoffs, but that's about it. Not, not to turn this into Pacers pod,
2: but uh, I mean, they answered one question, which was the coach, but the two biggest questions are still looming. Like, what's Vic going to do? What are we doing, with Vic? And what are we doing?
0: Turner and Spence. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, I think – do you think those decisions happen this offseason or do you think they they table that until they see what they have in this new coach and then kind of weed out the – weed out the guys that don't fit and then start making major moves, uh, maybe trade deadline deadline or next summer? Luke, what do you think Vic's
2: uh, value is right now?
0: plummeting <laughs> yeah I, I don't think
2: it's great that's why I think the trade deadline's probably right man
0: yeah I was gonna say I think we've talked about it at, on past pods is that uh it would be foolish to try and dangle him out there when teams don't even know if he can he has two legs you know like he didn't really he wasn't himself and you have to let him kind of reestablish himself and, and build that value back up if that's in fact the way you want to go um but yeah, I'm I'm with you. I, I think you gotta you gotta play it out. Like I,
2: I heard yesterday, <laughs> the like the random Lakers like think they could get Old Depot with like a Kuzma and Danny Green. Like, do you really want to do that if you're Indiana? Because I don't.
0: Yeah, there's some there's been some pretty uh, interesting interesting hypotheticals. None of which I think I would ever I would entertain if I were the Pacers. Um, yeah. But I think that those offers only uh go up if he comes back uh in January and and is the player that he was two years ago which I mean that still remains to be seen obviously but if he can get anywhere close to that level um then I think those offers are going to start to become more and more enticing but uh that's a long ways away so
1: yeah you know at the right after you know they got eliminated we were talking about all their offseason moves and we said like uh, Depot for Levert, and now I, I don't think the Nets would. Ever
2: I don't think so up. either. I don't think so either. KD, I mean, KD said on his pod that he likes Levert and wants him to stay. I heard I on KD has his new pod out with and him and Kyrie did that thing. They both said they like Levert and want him to stay.
0: Should we reach out to KD to come on our pod to discuss? Come on,
2: tell him we'll come on his. You know we'll do a home and home.
0: Yeah, we can. Yeah, I, I like that uh, that method. <laughs> All right, any uh, any final thoughts on, on Pacers, Coach? Uh, obviously, it kind of sounds like it's just going to be a wait and see how the, the philosophy is going to fit and uh, the players that uh, go along with that. And uh, not much to really say outside of uh, wait till the next season starts.
2: Yep, and we'll find out more and more. It sounds like uh, not a ton of free agent movement, but more trades, which is interesting for us, at least to talk about because of the cap situation and all that stuff, which we... They're saying it's going to get done here in the next couple weeks. They're saying it's going to get done before the draft. So that gives yeah. them about three weeks
0: here. Luke, any final words, thumbs up or thumbs down on the – can you say his name for me again? Because he kind of broke up a little bit at the beginning. I don't even know if I remember it. So go ahead and say it again. Bjork grin. Rolls off the tongue. Got it. Yes. Yeah. Look,
1: okay. the skeptics are going to say it's it was about the money. That's why they didn't hire Tony or Billups, but I mean because
0: the Pacers are cheap.
1: Yeah, and they're already paying Nate McMillan for the next two seasons or whatever they extended him for. But uh, I mean, who the heck knows with these yeah. coaches? I mean, Nick Nurse was a total unknown commodity, so right,
0: and now he's got, he's got his own
1: coaching tree. Guy. Yeah, right. Two, two I years mean, into it, he's got. that's crazy.
2: In, Nick, in Nick's defense, he was an outside of the box hire instead of like. No offense to like the rotating like kind of circle of coaches we have here, but I kind of like the new blood. You know what I mean?
0: Yeah, I mean everyone's gonna kind of start somewhere. Like Thibodeau started underneath Doc Rivers, and Doc Rivers, you know, he was coached under some guy. I don't know who he was under initially before he got his first head coaching job. But everyone's gonna gonna be an assistant before they're a head coach. So I guess you got to start somewhere, and hopefully that uh, that can keep growing for uh, for the Pacers' sake. So. Uh, with that, we'll uh, transition off of NBA talk just because it is, uh, the season is over and no one really remembers who won the championship uh, or the AAU tournament as we discussed uh, a couple weeks ago. Uh, so we'll, we'll wait until uh, uh, free agency kind of ramps up in the draft and we'll kind of uh, start going into some more team specifics and some uh, do some mock drafts and mock trades as we all love to do um, and kind of go there for the for future uh, future episodes. So with that, we'll, we'll transition to reviewing our week six picks. Uh, and boys, we had a little bit of a tough week, except for uh, except for Scotty. Um, so I don't know if we want to dive right into uh, the first games that we were going through. Um, the Ravens really fucked us, Luke. They were blowing the doors off the Eagles in the first half. And then they kind of took the foot off the accelerator and let the Eagles right back in the game to the point where the Eagles probably should have tied it. They went for two uh, after scoring late in the fourth, um, obviously failed, and uh, Ravens were not able to cover that spread. So I don't know if you guys were able to watch much of that game or what your guys' thoughts on Ravens-Eagles.
1: Yeah, That was a rough one. Um... I mean, I don't know. I think, yeah, like you said, Matt. I think that's just a classic case of a team letting its foot off the gas and letting an inferior opponent back into the game. But the always frustrating backdoor cover. Yeah. I mean, the,
0: I
2: I thought the Eagles to defend the Eagles. I know they're they're bad, but they're they're playing better and they're trying. But man, they just keep. Gosh, uh, Sanders. Out for two weeks dudes. at this point. I, I almost feel bad for Wentz because he's so up and down, but I don't feel like it's really fair to judge him either because he hasn't had a full complement kind of actual players in like a year. He didn't have them last year either. And he's yeah. still just kind of finding a way to, to make it close. And I know it's not pretty like the way they played. And the Ravens let off the gas, right? Everyone seems to be really disappointed with the Ravens, right? And they're still, what are they, five and one?
0: Yeah, I mean, but like kind of what we talked about in the Thursday – pod when we were leading up to this game I I feel like they they know how to boat race teams that are inferior to them and obviously uh the Eagles as we've found after this week are inferior to them and they got up to a huge lead and then just kind of let it go um but yeah there's nothing really too impressive about the Ravens I guess compared to how they were last year I mean Lamar is still Playing well, but not playing at the level that he was in his MVP season, obviously. Um, but, yeah, I think the Eagles – I think I'm with you, Scotty. The Eagles are better than what they're coming out to be. The injuries are a factor, but everyone has injuries. Uh, they also are still in second place. I mean, the NFC East – I mean, holy shit, the Cowboys are in first, and they got their fucking asses kicked last night. So, it's like anything can really happen. You could be 6-10 and 10 and maybe even be – in the hunt graphic uh, in December, you know, when it comes down to what teams are still around. So the Eagles, yeah, it's, it's, it's tough for them, but they showed some fight with the practice squad guys are throwing out there now. And uh, Travis Fulgham or whatever the hell their number one wide receiver is now. Yep. Um, so yeah, it's, it's tough for them, but uh, I think they still obviously have a lot of season left to play. And do we really think Andy Dalton can lead the Cowboys to be the, the, NFC East champions I mean holy shit that was just a dumpster fire but uh before we can I give you a
2: Ravens stat
0: yeah please
2: everyone and it's even the Ravens like you hear like Harbaugh talk and like Lamar talk you can just tell like they're kind of frustrated with where they're at right yeah they've played they've played 24 quarters this year they've scored a touchdown in every quarter and their offense still isn't as good as it was last year. Like, that's pretty nuts. You know what I mean? It's like they set the bar so high. But, like, their offense is pretty good, right? And they're just – I think they're as frustrated because it's not as smooth as it was last year. But to me, it's like coaches in the NFL aren't stupid. Like, they're going to figure it out a little bit, right? Like,
0: I don't right.
2: know. I, I, I feel like they're frustrated and they're still playing decent, if that makes sense. They're just not as good as last year, so they're, they're upset.
0: Well, when you're the MVP of the league, you're going to get a kind of a – a tendency the tape's going to come out on you what what to do what sure. to take away what uh you know make other people beat you so I think that's definitely kind of the growing pain a little bit of uh Lamar's third season here so it's just uh but obviously they're still they're still uh getting wins so I think that's all that matters obviously in the league and um we'll see what happens when they I think their schedule still is pretty pretty tough um It'll be interesting to see how they how they continue on. So, Luke, any other final thoughts on Ravens-Eagles? Nope. Okay. Transition over into uh, Steelers-Browns, and this one was uh, the Browns were touting up all week about how this was going to be their season. They are 4-1. Founding going to play with the big boys, and holy shit, uh, that was not the case. And, Luke, do you want to defend your Browns plus three pick?
1: No, I'm ashamed of the pick. Uh, I fell for it. Should have known better. You know, it's like watching watching uh, Big Brother beat up on Little Brother every yeah. single year. But I mean, like, no, I I really think this this was the game. Okay, I was saying leading up to this, Steelers haven't played anyone yet. This was the game the Steelers sold me because I think the Browns are actually a pretty decent team. Um, other than like we said, their quarterback is god awful. But um, I mean, they yeah, they just beat up on that defense, which um, which I mean. Destroyed Indy the, the prior week, which, you know, who yeah. knows if that's saying anything. I think it's definitely but, starting. To, um,
0: I think it's definitely starting to kind of. Uh, it's it's going to be a pretty messy picture, but it, there you can starting to see some, a little bit of clarity in the hierarchy of uh, teams starting to separate themselves from, the pack a little bit, but it's still going to be a, a jumbled mess. I think uh, just because there is that extra playoff spot now, uh, but yeah, I think I'm with you, Luke. The Steelers definitely. Prove that they belong in that uh, that uh, hierarchy of, of AFC teams. Yep, yeah.
2: for sure. I, yep.
0: Scotty, any thoughts? Yeah, I
2: I think the Steelers look really good, and um, the Browns are. I mean, I mean, Chubb's banged up a little bit. Man, Baker is. I just even even that Colts game where the Browns beat the Colts, Baker was really shaky, and I thought he looked pretty terrible against the Steelers. Man, they brought pressure. And when they pressure him, he just does not handle that well at all. Even it got to the point where he got hit a couple of times, and it was like he thought there was pressure coming, even when there wasn't, and he rushed himself. It was weird. He just he was not great. I unfortunately had to watch that whole game.
0: It was is it rough. me or is that feel like the Steelers just like grow wide receivers on trees, like? Yeah, all of a Chase Claypool yeah. was like the seventh wide receiver chosen in the draft, and he's just going to be like the next also like Pro Bowler. You know, like he's yeah. they found a way to kind of work him into their offense. You know, handing it like rushing and then quick slants and just kind of getting the ball in space, and he's just insane. And yeah. to go along with Juju, who feel like he's the, he's almost an afterthought. Like he was, the, he's their quote-unquote number one wide receiver, and he hasn't really had a breakout game yet. And then Deontay Johnson has hardly played because of concussions. And then, you know, James Washington, who was a second-round draft pick, who's had flashes. But I feel like they just – it's always just uh, – they never seem to miss on wide receivers. You know, from Antonio Brown to Mike Wallace uh, to, you know, to Emmanuel Sanders, they, it feels like they just have had these perennial stud, uh, studs for the last 10 to 12 years. And it's, uh, it's incredible.
1: Yep. They do a good job. you think it's the personality or do you think it's uh, a little bit of big Ben um, just getting the ball to the right places and unlocking? Cause you know, I mean, you think of Ben as like a, a really solid franchise quarterback, but you never really think of him as like the top, like five quarterback in the league, you know?
0: Yeah. Yeah. I think it's a, I think it's a combination. I think they, do a good job of uh, scouting and getting the right, finding the guys that they know are going to fit in their system, and then obviously Ben, being the veteran that he is, knowing how to to maximize everyone's talents and and to kind of get them all um, on the same page, and then you know obviously the offensive scheme. So I feel like it's just those kind of teams like the Steelers uh, just have that pedigree of knowing what they want to fit the mold and they make it work and that it always proves true, at least in the recent 10 to 15 years. And just other teams, you know, like the Raiders just go for the guys that are four, two speed and don't know anything about them, but you know, Hey, they're a top 10 prospect, So we'll just force it on them and uh, it never works out. So it's kind of just shows what kind of team uh, can, uh, can recruit and, know what works uh, for, their, uh, for their system. So, I don't know.
2: Steelers. Steelers, one of the most or the most underrated franchise in the last 25 years maybe. We always talk about the Patriots and we talk about the Spurs and we talk about, that. I mean, what, are the, what do the Steelers have, four or five Super Bowls in the last 25 years?
0: Yeah, they haven't won one in a while. I think it was early in Ben's career they won two. Um, Tomlin has three, right? Does Tomlin have
2: three and then Cower had one, so that's four. Is that right?
0: I think Tomlin only has one, I want to say. It Tomlin was, only
2: has one? Ben only has one Super Bowl?
0: Ben has two, but he won one with Cower.
2: Okay, that was with Cower.
0: In like 2004, like Ben's second year, I think.
2: Why did I think Tomlin had like two or three?
0: I don't know. Did I mean, they go? We can double check lose? ourselves. I could be talking out of my ass. So we can double check that and I can, I'll come back with the, with the facts before I just take that as gospel. Um, so i will double check just, that. We'll, uh, to your we'll,
2: point to your point though it feels like they, they do a, their organization does a nice job of being who they are yep they're always in the mix except right. last year they're hurt right
0: right which you know every team goes through that and it's just yep. kind of uh yeah so the Steelers made two Super Bowls and won one and uh um what is that with Tomlin yeah with Tomlin Super Bowl 43.
2: So yeah, that's yep, that a
0: long was time. that was against their uh, against the Cardinals. That was a Santonio San Holmes toe touch. Oh uh, uh, yeah, game. Yep. So, all right, that's enough Steelers talk, and uh, we'll transition into our favorite topic: Colts-Bengals and Noodle oh. Arm Phil. Luke, do you want to lead us off as our Colts correspondent?
1: <laughs> Throwback game, baby. Oh God, dude, he was launching it all over the place. Almost to his detriment. <laughs> I was I was afraid he was going to tear something. I mean, he was winding up. He was putting his whole body into those throws. And uh, and of course we had the we had the classic you know absolutely careless pick thrown in. He checked, he, he
0: checked him at the <laughs> yeah. what was it like 12, 12 minutes forty four seconds or something in the fourth quarter and the Colts were ahead. It's like there's no need for that, but that's just that's who you signed up. You signed. You tied your wagon to Phil Rivers, and that's what you're gonna get. So,
1: yeah. Mm. I, hey, at least at least we had a little bit of a glimmer of hope uh, against a terrible Bengal secondary. But
0: uh, did hey, you though? We, can we you talk did about? A glimmer of hope. I was gonna say, can we talk about the twenty-one nothing deficit that going into oh. the second freaking quarter? Oh it was like the God. largest home comeback in. Colts history in the regular season, like, holy shit, could you have started worse against a very, very bad team that was the Bengals. So, holy shit.
1: No, I'm seeing a glimmer of hope in, ter- in terms of, you know, at least that 21-point that deficit provided an impetus for him to, you know, start slinging it a little bit better. Uh, maybe, yeah, maybe start that's confidence.
2: Yeah, <laughs> you know what that sounds like? That sounds like Marcus Smart making two threes in the first quarter and thinking he needs to shoot eight more the rest of the fucking game. Sorry, Marcus Smart.
0: We are a pro Marcus Smart podcast, as everyone here knows.
2: So, Phil, so Phil, last game, throws you 370, 371 yards, three touchdowns, and a pick. You know what that means this coming game? Or they're on a bye, right?
0: They're on a bye.
2: Oh, thank God. Maybe that'll cool him off. Yep. Fact, he'll forget. Jeez. <laughs> God.
0: Hey. Hey, at
1: the, at the very least, you can say it's an adventure every Sunday with him.
2: That is true. Give us some that entertainment. Is, it's fun to watch.
1: It's better than better than Brissette, who was inaccurate and, you know, wouldn't throw the ball unless the guy was 10 yards wide open.
0: That do is we, true. Do we really think that having Phil throw the ball 44 times is a good recipe for success? No way. I guess when you're down 21-0, you are down 21 nothing, you do not really have any other options, but holy shit, that just – that sets up for – yeah, some uh, some severe fourth quarter meltdowns, as Phil Rivers likes to do, and uh, uh, surprisingly enough, that didn't come true this last week. So it was honestly, uh,
2: it almost was the the Colts defense made a
0: nice play at the end, right? I mean, yeah,
2: that was that was a four point game. The Colts did they did they get a sack or a fumble? What happened there at the end? I forgot. Interception,
0: from interception, Black- don't know, yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. They made a nice play, but I'm just saying it. Gets a lot harder after the bye. They they play the yeah. uh, the um the most difficult team in the league, the Detroit Lions, which we'll get to um, <laughs> following the bye week, and then from there it, it gets a little easier when they play the Ravens, the Packers, and the Titans twice. So yikes! But they really the the the, t- the <laughs> toughest test will be the Lions post post bye, and so, and so. the Jaguars in the last game of the year. Since you fuckers like the Jaguars yeah. too, can't forget about the mighty Jags. So <laughs> it is uh, the tougher. Part of the schedule comes about, but they are four and two, um, and in second place, and then well within the uh, the AFC picture. So, uh, what
2: what are the odds for
0: the Colts not to make the playoffs? That one I'm not sure on. I don't know if I could find that quickly enough. Too.
2: I'll look that I'll look that
0: up for Thursday. Okay, Luke. Any final thoughts on uh, Colts saving their season? Because you think about it, if they lose this game to the Bengals, they're three and three. <laughs> going into the bye, about to play the toughest part of their schedule. I mean, that was was a game they had to have in order to – for tiebreakers, just for everything, I feel like, and and to – if they think they wanted to to, uh, clinch a playoff spot, that that was a game they definitely needed to have, and that was a, a great comeback nonetheless, but still a tough spot to put yourself in.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, they, uh, I'm, I'm envisioning, I'm on the same track as Scott here. I'm kind of envisioning a flashback to last year where they get off to a five and two start and then they just shit the bed down the stretch.
0: The wheels will come off. I'm sure. Yeah. Definitely didn't come close to covering, uh, laying eight points. So that was, uh, another offer for all three of us. Uh, Brutal. leading into my next point, uh, Ofer, we all thought that the, uh, Packers were going to come in guns blazing off of their by, and uh, the Bucks had just lost to the Bears, which looked like they were uh, not that great. And boy, were we wrong, because outside of that first uh, first few minutes of the first quarter, when the Packers went up 10 nothing, and then proceeded to get uh, outscored 38 to zero, that was pretty much uh, pretty much the game. So I don't know, Luke, what did you think of uh, Packers Bucks?
1: Well, I'll say it again. This is why I don't gamble heavily because. Same. I thought this. I thought this game was freaking money in the bank. Packers plus one. I mean, I thought they were gonna run away with it. I I don't know where the heck the. Uh, I know the 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 Bucks D the D line had been pretty good up to this point, but they lost. Uh, what's that? What's that? What's that interior line? Vita yeah
2: You know. Yeah. Yep. Plus,
1: Injury. so i mean i was like okay well and the packers supposedly had the best offensive line in the league so if aaron Rodgers doesn't have it going at least aaron jones is going to run all over him and all of a sudden this tampa defense just comes to life i don't know where the heck that came from i
0: mean they beat the shit out of them they were just like all out blitzing up the middle and just like knocking Rodgers on his ass like every other pass it was it was incredible and they obviously had a game plan and they stuck to it and i um the Packers didn't even see it coming, I feel like. So, Scotty, what did you think of Bucks Pack? pack uh, I, Packer?
2: I think this starts the run of games that we're going to talk about where the week got really weird because the game started out just how we thought. Like, the Packers were kicking their ass. It was 10 nothing, and I didn't think the Bucks were good at all, right? And then all of a sudden, Aaron Rodgers gives them a gift, uh, pick six, right? Yeah. And then the next drive, he throws essentially another one. They get a pick, and they run it back to the one, and Jones runs it in one play after, right? Like – I, I thought the game changed with those two plays. And after that, Rodgers was – I don't know if he was lost in what they were doing. He looked he he looked like Aaron Rodgers of last year, not the Aaron Rodgers we've seen for the first five weeks of the season. So I thought that was interesting.
0: Yeah. Yeah, and the Bucks prove themselves to be, you know, well within the, the competition of uh, the NFC, even though they – I feel like they just – you never know what you're going to get with them. Like, they – Definitely didn't look anything like this the week before on Thursday night against uh, the Bears. Um, and it was a completely different team from from my perspective. But obviously you have a, you have a little longer time to prepare, um, and you're back at home. I think actually being in Tampa with fans was a little bit of a game changer for the Packers who aren't used to playing in that Florida heat. As much as you want to joke about it, it probably is still a little bit of, a, of an effect. But, uh, yeah, definitely –
2: the reincarnation of Gronk?
0: Yeah, the ghost of Gronk came back. What was that? Needs to work on his spike a little bit. It's been a, been a little while. He had to dust it off. It wasn't too impressive, but hey. Well, I heard he did it
2: with his hmm. left hand, right? Yeah. They say he did it with his left hand because his right hold, right shoulder
0: still hurt. <laughs> yeah. Not surprising. <laughs> um, we'll keep it moving here. We do have a couple more games to cover. We're about six and a half minutes. Um, we are back on the uh, – the Chiefs bandwagon this week, where I got that one right. Um, that was a Monday Night Football game. Was that another that game? To me, was weird. Like
2: it was unexciting almost, which it was a game where we thought it was going to be really exciting, but it really wasn't. Yeah. Didn't you think? I don't know. I thought I thought that game was. I thought it was
0: going to be like electric, like Allen, who'd well, been awesome, and Mahomes. Yeah, it was, it was a little. Weird. It was a little rainy, Buffalo. Yeah, the rain. Um, yeah, Josh Allen definitely has had back-to-back weeks of. Uh, um uninspiring play, kind of taking the yeah. wind out of his MVP talk. But, I mean, he's still good, but it's just uh I think the Bills have kind of like, their schedule starting to ramp up, and they're playing some tougher competition. So I think they have to, you know, really kind of figure themselves out. Obviously, they're still in the driver's seat in the AFC with the uh, <clears throat> Patriots kind of starting to flounder a little bit here. But uh I don't know. I mean, if you're the Chiefs, as being a a Clyde Clyde Edwards-Elair owner in another league, I don't know why you go for Le'Veon when this guy, that kid just had it going on. Like, he was untouchable the whole game. They said it was – he's he's uh, such
2: a positive locker room
0: presence. Yeah. Say that again, Luke.
1: He's such a positive locker room presence. I mean, you can't pass up on that veteran leadership. (laughs)
0: Le'Veon Bell, yeah, I agree.
2: um They said it was only to spell CEH not to overtake his – not to take his place.
0: Okay. Supposedly. We'll see. That's what they said. Anyways, we were all right on that one with Chiefs minus four. Um, that one just kind of seemed, you know, everyone was still riding the bills to make that a closer game than what it actually was. So, we'll see if that uh, still holds true coming in the next week. Um, so, lastly, we'll, we'll cover the marquee matchup of Sunday, which was the Lions-Jags. And, Scotty, do you want to have the floor for, uh, for two minutes? We have four and a half minutes or so left in the pod uh, to talk, I'll take about, talk about your Lions. Ten seconds.
2: <clears throat> uh, we talked about how the Lions – or, excuse me, the Jags have allowed a score on 65% of their defensive possessions. The Lions had the ball 11 times, scored on six of them, and missed a field goal on one of them too, which would have been seven out of 11. That's why the Jags aren't very good. Okay. Simple. Yeah. So, do
0: you think the Jags gonna, are going to win another game? Is that what I'm hearing? Uh, still, I mean,
2: I, I, we, didn't, we, didn't, we didn't pick the Tennessee-Houston game, which was a really good game, but they play Houston this week. You think Houston's going to lose to the Jags? Because I don't. Houston just put up 30, 38 on the, on the Titans, who are supposed to be pretty good.
0: <laughs> Luke, do you have any thoughts on Jags?
1: But well, we didn't think the Colts would lose to him either, so. That's true. Yeah, I, but I saw him, but, but the Colts
2: one. have Phil Rivers, so.
0: <laughs> I'll take Deshaun over a, Phil. That's still just an anomaly to me that, like, week one, I feel like the, the, that Jaguars team could still come out and, and beat some lowly teams, but I think it was just uh, wrong place, wrong time for everybody, and uh, it could be. A long season for the Jags. They could be in the Trevor Lawrence uh, discussion if the, but the Jets have to have something to say about that. Which I think uh, I don't really want to talk about the Jets. But uh, can we can we talk about your old home hometown team, the Bears?
2: Yeah, dude, that was a weird game. Hey, but they won. Took Bears. They money did. Line. The Panthers missed a field goal, had the ball inside the ten twice, and kicked field goals. That's pretty tough. Yeah. Did you see? Have you seen their point? the The Bears are five and one, right? And yes. their point differential is twelve points. They've won by a combined twelve points, and they're five and one.
0: Yeah, it's, that's uh, nuts. It's going to be interesting to see how those. Uh, I think their schedule starts to open up a little bit too, so they could be a very. Mm-hmm. I feel like they're going to be kind of like the Packers last year, well where they'll have a really good record, and then they'll make the playoffs and then just run into a bus saw and just get, right, get their ass kicked out. You're like, they're going to uh, be like, yeah, they're going to be like 11 and five and then get smoked in the playoffs. Yep. I think yeah. that's definitely how it's going to go. So, yeah. Um, do you want to give us a quick synopsis on how we did on Wessel specials? We got about two minutes. Um, looks like he kind of had a little bit of a struggle there as well.
2: Yeah. Sorry to
0: everyone. Um, I think, <laughs> and to be, to be fair, uh, I, think I thought it was, was a, just that one
2: week. That one week that really threw it off. We had one week, and then this week was bad. You know, we were one and four. We took the Panthers. We took the Packers. It was a struggle. That was totally my bad. We're going to be better this week. But, and I think <laughs> Matt, we need to we need to tweet this out because I adjusted my flyer bet. Oh because yeah. Because I took I took the Redskins plus the three and the and the Eagles plus the nine, which still was like plus three hundred five, and I won that bet. Okay. So that that's the only salvage of the week that I have. Other than that, I was god awful and I apologize to everyone. Well if it'll we be tweet this that week. out
0: if we tweet that out, all nine of our followers on Twitter will uh will have to get <laughs> more that, that update. That.
2: Yeah. Any likes we get it'll be great. Okay. Troy texts me every week and says that he follows my bet. So sorry
0: to Troy for following
2: my wessel hey. special <laughs> this week. We you're were an terrible.
0: influencer. You can definitely you're now an official influencer, so that's important. Dang it. We're still up on the year slightly with the flyer
2: bets helping us out, but it's gonna be better this week.
0: All right, boys. That's all we got for uh, for recap of uh, of week six. We'll come back uh, later in the week for uh, previewing week seven, uh, and if any other uh, NBA news drops, we'll definitely cover that as well. And then uh, get into a little more of the specifics uh, as the NBA offseason starts to uh, play on. So uh, we'll talk to you guys later in the week. Keep right, boys. I'm not afraid to